the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Okay, so today we have, I mean, technically this is probably the biggest name we have had on the entire of season one. And there is not a nicer guy that we've had on the entire of season one. This is Robert Green. Um, we've been in contact and, you know, he is literally, he just got back to me this morning. He's still immersed in the new book. and He's got a long way to go of it, but he makes sure his books, if you've read any of them, The 48 Laws of Power, Mastery, The 50th Law, are just pure quality and not the sort of thing that get put out quickly. Really nice guy down in Southern California. And, you know, I really, this one, again, this one of the ones, no brainers, this had to be in the best of season one. So Robert Green, I hope to speak to him again very soon. And if you have the chance to run across him or any of his books, I heavily suggest you do. The full episode is episode 124 on iTunes. This is my best of season one, episode number 16. Enjoy, guys. Get to the podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. Right. Good morning, everyone. We have a brilliant one for you today. It's all about power seduction and strategy. We have the American best-selling author and speaker known for his books on strategy, power, and seduction. He's uh, written five international bestsellers, 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction, The 33 Strategies of War, The 50th Law with the rapper 50 Cent, and Mastery most recently in 2012. He's coming to us live from LA this morning, and I uh, really appreciate him taking the time to squeeze this in. So are you ready this morning to awaken your alpha, Robert? I am, Adam. I'm <laughs> definitely ready. Thank you for that nice intro. No worries. Is there anything you'd like to add to it or highlight or is, is that pretty much sum it up? Or <laughs> Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I'm hard at work on my new book, uh, wow. which we can maybe talk about at some point. Definitely. But that, that, you pretty much summed, up, summed it all up for me, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask that actually because I was looking at sort of um, the timeline of books, you know, sort of so your first really sort of well-known book was in 98 and then it goes 2001, 2007, 2009, 2012. So I was just doing the maths and I was going to say, hmm, there could be another book around the corner. So is, is that going to come out 2015? Is that the plan? No way, no way. Uh, <laughs> if I'm lucky, 2016 uh, because it's kind of a big book. Um, a lot of research, a lot of thinking. I'm getting ready to start the writing. I've been just doing a lot of researching. So uh, I, I don't think it definitely will not be ready this year. Oh, oh it sounds, <laughs> sounds good. Well, can you tell us any more about what, what is the sort of rough well, idea? Has it got a yeah, working title? Or? Yeah, the working title is The Laws of Human Nature. And um, it takes off from the chapter four in Mastery. I did a chapter on social intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea is... Um, mastery is really a book about how to become a master in your field, um, going through an apprenticeship and reaching level, high levels of creativity. But I also wanted to emphasize that, you know, you can't really have success in your life or in your career unless you're good at dealing with people. And people can be difficult and slippery and tricky. And most of the consulting work that I do uh, in life with people who are very successful are political problems with with people mm. so it was a chapter on that and i got a lot of response from readers saying they really liked it but they wanted more i love the way sort of that you told us about the origins for that for that new book the fact that you know you've written your your most recent book and then the fact that everyone sort of gravitated and really liked that chapter and just wanted more so it's you know you can't plan that's awesome 
Yeah. Talking of not being able to plan things, I want to just touch on, obviously, I've looked at your sort of your origin story of you're originally from Los Angeles and then you went to Wisconsin for university and came back. Then there's that kind of that bit where it said 80 plus jobs. Could you just tell us a, a little bit of the origins, your origin story of how you got to this point, right, writing these brilliant books and maybe something we don't catch on the official bio? <laughs> Well, I, I, uh, I recommend if people want to, I did a TEDx talk actually in, in Brixton um, about a year and a half ago. And I talked about sort of in depth about my journey. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, I wanted to be a writer my whole life. I just yeah. couldn't figure out what I could write. And so I wandered. Uh, I lived in Europe for about five years in, in England and France and Spain. I lived in New York. I, I tried my hand at everything. Uh, worked in in journalism. Worked in a television company in London. Yeah. What uh, was what was your least favorite job amongst all of them? What I worked in Hollywood for several years. Um, there were some good things about it, but basically, I really hated it. I hated the the falseness, the mm. the really ugly power games. Did construction work in Greece. I worked in a detective agency here in Los Angeles. I mean, a full range of things yeah. to give me a lot of knowledge and experience about people, which is really what a writer, that's an apprenticeship for a writer is. And I was in Hollywood, this is about 95 or so. Um, and I met a man uh, who packages books, sort of like a producer of books. Mm -hmm. And he asked me if I had an idea for possibly a book, which I had never written before. And in that moment, we were in Italy at the time. At that moment, I just improvised what would turn into the 48 Laws of Power. That was my uh, moment of enlightenment. This yeah. is what I was meant to do. All of those bad jobs that I've had, all of those ugly people doing their Machiavellian uh, manipulations could all funnel into this book, The 48 Laws of Power. And so it was sort of a a magical thing for me that it all came together. It's either I succeed with this book, you know, it's like get rich or die trying. I was going <laughs> to, this was my one chance in life. Yeah. And I think the desperation, the sense of urgency, what I call in my war book, death ground. It's yeah. the death ground strategy. Sun Tzu says, when you feel that there's a mountain behind you and you have to fight the enemy and it's either conquer them or you die with your backs against this hill, you're going to fight like a devil. Well, for me, that was death ground. You mentioned that. My, my mind's flicked straight across to you. You mentioned there, get rich or die trying. I want to touch on, obviously, the 50th law. And how on earth did that collaboration come, a lot, come about with you and 50 Cent? Well, he approached me um, through one of his agents. They were interested in setting up a meeting between us. Um, he was just a curious guy who loves the 48 Laws of Power and the Art of Seduction, and he wanted to meet me. This yeah. is back in, I think, uh, oh, late oh five or oh six, I think. There's some really sort of famous fans of that first book. I mean, Fidel Castro is apparently supposed to have read it. And, and uh, a lot of, obviously, a lot of the, the rappers and really well-known celebrities um, have read it. What did, yeah. What did it feel like when you started hearing about these people reading your book? Because obviously that was your first book. And how long did it take to get from just this is your first book to this is a, a big book and it's sort of well-known people are commenting on it and stuff. How long did that take? It well? started off kind of slowly, you know, it was it sold well. I got some, uh, some good uh, articles and interviews and stuff. 
but I had no idea in the beginning. It took two or three, maybe four years before I started really getting feedback. Yeah. Uh, so I, there was a Jay-Z interview in Playboy in which he quoted the 48 Laws of Power. And I go, wow, that was pretty important. <laughs> I had no idea that he's like reading the book. And yeah. so slowly I start seeing a lot of rappers quoting it. I get feedback from um, this president of Guatemala who has a stack <laughs> of the 48 Laws of Power in his office and he gives it to visiting dignitaries and he gave a copy to Fidel Castro. That's how Fidel Castro got the book. <laughs> One of the first people that uh, rappers that had the book was Busta Rhymes. He wow. had a copy when it just came out. I met Busta. He's, he's a great guy. Yeah, uh, I love it. <laughs> and he said that a lot of people in hip hop, the business managers, agents, got the book um, because it was a time when hip rappers were trying to become entrepreneurs. Yeah. They were tired of the fact that the, in the music business, they were really sort of hired guns. So we mentioned about uh, 50 Cent there. So he set up a meeting with you. I mean, had you listened to his music much or how was that first meeting? Because it seems like a quite an unlikely mix when people hear about it. It works so well. I mean, what was that, was that first meeting like? Um, well, it was great. Uh, I was a little bit nervous. I, I listened to his music and I was a little intimidated because I was the only, I was by myself and he was with 10 uh, <laughs> of his posse. Yeah. Um, and I didn't expect, you know, I expected this sort of, intimidating thuggish kind of man that the, that you you know his 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 reputation yeah and he, was, yeah and he wasn't like that at all in fact it was funny because he he was expecting he was a little bit intimidated by me he was expecting this kind of older henry kissinger type and i was <laughs> expecting this like really mean gangster type and neither of us were like that we Everybody is so caught up with differences between people, like labeling them this, that, and the mm. other. Nobody does a book like that where two people from such different backgrounds collaborate. And I thought, well, what, what an interesting exercise. I decided, I decided this should be a book about fearlessness, that 50 is a guy who's conquered fears, mostly because he nearly died in a, in a, a he was shot nine yeah. times. But it's a kind of a, a zen-like quality that he has where he's just simply not afraid. This is our Yoda question. So along this journey, who helped waken your alpha? Obviously the situation built to when you did your first book and there was obviously the guy who sort of asked you about your first book and would you be interested? Right. But it could have either been after you did your first book or at any stage in life, could be a couple of figures. Who really helped you take it up a level and find your path? Well, first, I'd have to thank all of the people who were my enemies, um, people who gave me a hard time, people who doubted me, who thought I would never be a writer, who said, Robert, you should just give it up and go to law school or, or you're not cut out for Hollywood. I have to thank all of those assholes out there um, <laughs> made me stronger. Then the man who um, asked me about my first book, I really, really have to thank him. And then... Um, I'm a competitive guy. I've always been competitive since I was a kid. You know, that's why I love sports. That's why I love games and strategy and cetera. Whatever I'm in, I want to be the best. So yeah. once I had my first book and it did well, I was like, I got to keep upping my game. I got to not let my next book not do as well. When you said that first book, you was around sort of, was it 37, 38? I suppose. When it came out, um, I was 39. 39. And, 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 and the point, you know, 
that's kind of late in life. I was just say, just listening to that, I'm, I'm 35 now. And just that's and people listening, it's a lot of people almost thought they give up too soon. And I mean, the fact that that's when it really started to go well for you and you were sort of searching and your journey helped you to that point. I think that's really inspiring myself. I, I love that. Well, I had moments of doubt. Opportunities come to people all of the time. Uh, you meet a man or a woman like I met with this, this guy who's a book packager, but you're not ready. You don't, under, yeah. you don't recognize it as an opportunity. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Have you developed skills? Are you hungry for knowledge? Have you spent time practicing? If you do that, something will happen. Somebody will come. There will be an opportunity. But if you're just a slacker, smoking pot, and dreaming about writing a great book, it'll never come. What would be your definition of power? It's a degree of control. So it's almost like a mathematical formula. Um, in life, um, we have very little control. We don't control who our parents are, what period in history we're born into, uh, the historical circumstances, who we meet, and on and on you go in life. There's so little you control. Mm. Power is the tiniest margin of control that you can bring about in life so that you have more and more and more control over circumstances. You control yourself, which is the major part of power. So you don't get emotional and angry and do sort of self-destructive things. So you've mastered yourself. With a mastery of yourself, you now have a slightly larger margin of control over circumstances in life than knowledge about people and politics um, and what makes people tick. Giving, with that knowledge and experience, you can control, you can persuade them better, you can influence them better. Yeah. You can get them to do, you know, go along with your ideas or you can defend yourself against people who are attacking you. You increase that margin of control ever so slightly until, you know, you have power. Just increasing that margin is what separates uh, somebody who's helpless from somebody who has power. Brilliant. Great advice. So, I mean, we're going to move into the alpha round now to sort of start wrapping things up. What advice would you give to someone who's looking to, I mean, you talked about just trying to improve, if they can improve their, their control on their own powers, one sort of way they can influence their life, just a fraction. What, if you could put it into a few sort of, of the, the big key points, how could someone work to at least go ahead starting to improve their power? Well, there are different angles to attack so it's mm. uh i can't i can't put it into two three pat yeah. sentences and, and people who want shortcuts for power they're never going to have power and mm. i make that point in mastery um so for the mastery side which is you as a person in your career who's just brilliant at it you have to know who you are mm. so that's the key to power if you're just simply on social media all the time and you have I no idea of what makes you different an individual what your source of power is what your uniqueness uh, I call it in power and mastery your inclinations your primal inclinations what you were meant to do in life if you have no knowledge of that forget it you'll never get anywhere you'll try different jobs they won't work you'll be bitter resentful and you'll be terrible at the power game so that's like sort of a key is about yourself do you know what you want? Do you know what you're good at? From there, you have to realize um, that, that we're a, a social animal. 
um, that you, you, you can't bury yourself in your work or in your office and be really good at it. You have to work and understand people. Um, so the ability to not to get outside of yourself. Uh, I talk a lot about this in seduction. A lot of guys uh, are bad seducers because they're inside their head all the time. Mm. They go out with a woman and all they're thinking about is, does she like me? Am I saying the right things? What's going, you know, you're not paying attention, but that carries over to all aspects of life. I do a yin yang round where again, I give you 50, 50, 50, 50 options and see where you line them. Richard Branson or Tony Robbins? Oh, Oh. <laughs> I tell you, I met Tony Robbins uh, about a year ago. I did his a hands talk. are like bunches of bananas. I just, I just can't get around big his hands are. Unbelievable! That's all I think about. His hands are, are bigger than than my head. Um, <laughs> on, uh, but he was a really nice guy. He was a really nice guy and uh, uh, very down to earth. I was, I was impressed with him. Um, but I'm not a fan of of his. So I'd have to say. The only reason I'd say Richard Branson is you have to, I have to respect uh, what he's done. Uh, I, li I like looking at people's record. Tony Robbins has created a huge fan base, but it's, it's the books and the tapes. Yeah. Richard Branson has created an amazing business, so I'd have to go for him. Okay. Buster Rhymes or 50 Cent? I'd have to go with 50 because, you know, I'm loyal to him yeah. and he... he uh, he's a great guy, and I have a relationship with him. But yeah. Busta is is a wonderful person. I actually met him before 50. He wanted to do a movie version of The 48 Laws of Power. He's got the most incredible voice, and he's got insane presence. Yeah. Um, even maybe more than 50. 50's got a quiet presence. Yeah. Busta, he's, he's like, man, I'm never going to get in a fight with Busta. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I, I, I like him a lot, but I'd have to choose 50. What would you say is one of your sort of your personal, might even say alpha habits, or when it comes to writing a book, some routine you use or something that helps you, you know, stay sharp? Because obviously you've done a lot of books and you've been very successful, but you're still hungry and hunting that new. Yeah, I, uh, I exercise every single day mm -hmm. uh, because my books take a huge toll on me physically. And then I meditate. I've, I took it up four or five years ago. Every morning, over half an hour, uh, clear my mind, able to 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 focus. And then I just work like a dog because I love my work. But if I didn't exercise every day and I didn't meditate, uh, I'd be. I probably. I don't know if I'd be alive. Yeah, because, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? When you start cutting corners, just when you think, oh, I just got to work, or you, yeah, you just think, well, yeah. You know, a lot of people. You know what? I, I, I yeah, you either like this or you don't but i like discipline mm. it gives me like a pleasure some people like get high on alcohol ever i get learning things and being good at them this is our complete blank around so i just want you to complete the blanks for me finish my sentence and we'll find out a little bit more about you oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see where this goes my best friend would describe me as uh, single-minded your favorite movie of all time is Vertigo, uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie from the 50s. I could watch it a hundred million times. It is such a great movie. And we just, you just touched on this, and it's, this is sometimes an interesting question because sometimes people are usually talking months or years or a long time. The last time you were drunk was? <laughs> uh, probably, you know what, man, just probably about six years ago or so. Oh. Anything of uh, note or just that, that just happened to be the last time? 
uh, I think I was living in, I was in New York and it was really cold and I just needed like a lot of vodka to warm me up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not a big drinker. I mean, I did a lot of uh, drugs when I was younger uh, in my, my college years. Yeah. So I'm not a prude and I love, yeah. I look back on those years very fondly, but I, I just, yeah. So. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe four years ago. I don't mean to sound like that long. <laughs> maybe <laughs> the last time I was in London. Hey, yeah, it's cold here as well. Who would you recommend that I interview next? Um, we usually look for a, a, a recommendation from your network or just someone that you'd like. Well, you, you should interview Ryan Holiday. Have you interviewed like, Ryan? No, I haven't. And I'm aware of him. Ryan is, is great. He used to be my protege. He's now someone who's even more powerful than I am. <laughs> uh, I can introduce you. Usually I like to start the show with a favorite quote or sometimes end it. So, I mean, is there a quote that you like to live your life by or, or is it just a current, current quote that's in your head at the moment? Well, there's a quote by a, a, a British uh, poly, prime minister from the 19th century, Benjamin Disraeli, and it, ah. it's very simple. It's never complain, never explain. It might be the reverse. I don't know which one. And it's basically just don't complain. Don't ever complain in life. People don't like to hear it. And there's nothing to complain about because your life is what it should be. It's what you get from it. And never explain. Don't explain yourself. Don't sit there and waste words about, oh, I meant to do this or this is how you should hear me. This is what I'm good at. Just do it. And don't and, and let your deeds speak for themselves. So don't complain and don't explain. I love that, that, that. It's like four words that explain my philosophy. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. New season coming out this week. We are pretty much there. So go check it out. Please subscribe and review. That's the best thing you can do. And it really helps support. Connect with me in all the obvious ways. Facebook, Adam Lewis Walker, Awaken Your Alpha. Thank you all guys, have a great week and don't listen to me, listen to this guy. The Awaken Your Alpha Podcast, live limitless.